This is Fair Issues on the Mormon Faircast. This week's article is entitled, Keeping the Faith, Promised Land Not Limited to One Area, by Michael R. Ash. Read by Ned Skarsbrick. This and other articles by Michael Ash can be found at DeseretNews.com. This article was used by permission of the author and the Deseret News. Proponents of a Great Lakes Book of Mormon geographic model often claim that Book of Mormon prophecies about the Promised Land apply uniquely to what is now the United States. It's important to understand a few things about scriptural references to the Promised Land. First, there is obviously more than one land of promise, because both a New Testament covenant people had such lands. The land could include a large area, or a land of promise, as well as smaller sections of land of promise and a larger area of promise. Thus, the Book of Mormon can speak of lands, see 2 Nephi 6, verse 11, and chapter 9, verse 2, and also chapter 24, verse 2. Secondly, the promise was given to the righteous people. As Near Eastern specialist Dr. William Hamlin notes, the Lord makes covenants with people, not lands. This land could move with the righteous people. As ethnohistory specialist Brant Gardner explains, the land of promise isn't strictly geographical. While the Nephites' original land of promise was their landing location, this changed when they went to the city of Nephi. Gardner notes, quote, They were kicked out of that and moved to Zarahemla by other nations. And they were kicked out of Zarahemla to Bountiful. Yet they still talked about their land of promise and the promise of protection, even when it was clear that they were no longer in the original land of promise. The Book of Mormon promise, in practice, was attached to the people, not the land. Even after losing the original land, the land of Nephi and the city of Zarahemla, they still called upon the promise as one of protection, not of property. End of quote. Great Lakes proponents often quote 1 Nephi chapter 13, verses 12 through 15, which talks about a Gentile who would be led by the Spirit to cross many waters to come to the remnant of Lamanites in the Promised Land. Latter-day Saints have traditionally inferred this to be Columbus and his discovery of America. Great Lakes theorists seem to ignore, however, the fact that Columbus never set foot into what is currently the United States. His voyages focused on the Bahamas, the northern part of South America, and the Central American areas. Verses 13 through 15 tell us that more Gentiles would come to the Promised Land and would scatter the Lamanites. Many Latter-day Saints have inferred that this account for the founding of the United States and the wars with the American Indians. While this certainly could be part of the prophecy's fulfillment, as President Spencer W. Kimball explained, this could also refer to the Spaniards who came to different parts of North and South America. Quoted in Matthew Roper, Losing the Remnant, available January 2011 at the BYU's Maxwell Institute. In 2 Nephi chapter 10, verse 11, 
we are told that the promised land, this land, would be a land of liberty to the Gentiles, and they would have no kings. Certainly this sounds like what we have in the United States. There is no question that the Lord's hand was involved in the establishment of the United States and the freedoms, especially the religious freedoms that we enjoy. Such a land was necessary for the restoration of the gospel. Having noted this, however, there are a couple of important things to consider. First, Orson Hyde, an early LDS leader and contemporary of Joseph Smith, quoted the above verse and claimed that this land means both North and South America, and also the families of the islands that geographically and naturally belong and adhere to the same. Journal of Discourses 7, number 108. The phrase, this land, does not necessarily restrict the promised land to the United States. According to the church-approved Encyclopedia of Mormonism, Zion is synonymous with the promised land. It is interesting, therefore, to note that Joseph Smith claimed that Zion constituted North and South America, as well as anywhere the righteous saints gathered. Secondly, it's odd to read Jacob, in 2 Nephi 10, say that there would be no kings in the promised land because his brother was the king, and there continued to be kings in the promised land for another 400 years. Jacob began this topic paraphrasing Isaiah 49, and the point of his comments was that if they remained righteous, they would continue to have religious liberty and that they would be protected against those who fought against Zion. Gardner points out that if the comma in verse 11 were removed, the verse would make more sense. And there shall be no kings upon the land who shall rise up unto the Gentiles. In this early context, the Gentiles would still have been non-Israelite others in their vicinity. His point is that no other kings shall stand against the Nephites if they were righteous. For their true king is Yahweh, who has promised to preserve them. The book, Second Witness, 2, page 188. While we certainly can accept that the Lord has a special plan that involved the freedoms of America, this doesn't necessarily mandate that the Book of Mormon events took place in Joseph Smith's immediate vicinity. If you like this podcast, you can help promote it by subscribing to it in iTunes or by rating it and writing a review. Post a link on your blog and Facebook page and tell your friends about us. Questions or comments about this episode can be sent to podcast at fairlds.org or join the conversation at fairblog.org. Michael Ash is the author of the book Shaken Faith Syndrome. Strengthening One's Testimony in the Face of Criticism and Doubt, as well as the book of Faith and Reason, 80 Evidences Supporting the Prophet Joseph Smith. Both books are available for purchase online through the Fair Bookstore. Music for this episode was provided courtesy of Lawrence Green. The opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or that of Fair Mormon. Thank you.